This is Stacy McKibben with the Master Communicator Podcast, where CEOs, senior leaders, and C-suite executives share their advice. It's six questions in nine minutes because the best leaders know how to share their ideas concisely and quickly. Let's jump right in. Question number one, in a few sentences, please tell us who you are and what you do. Thanks, Stacy. I'm Kimberly Weefling. I'm a physicist by education, but I learned the value of my, what my engineering friends call the touchy-feely crap human beings, the so-called soft skills that are killing organizations globally. So now I work with product development, program managers, uh, team leaders, organizations that want to transform managers into leaders and groups of people into real teams who can get impossible things done. Oh my goodness. I love everything you just said. And I can only imagine that you've got one or two things to teach us about change today. Am I right, Kimberly? <laughs> I'm going through changes, so I'm hoping I can share what I've learned. <laughs> That's amazing. So kick us off with what's the best thing about leading people through change from your perspective? I have been working for the last 13 years with globalizing Japanese companies, and they have to change because it's a choice to change or die. Population of Japan is flat and are actually shrinking. And if you want to grow your business in Japan, you've got to grow outside of Japan. So they're highly motivated to change. They got to hire crazy non-Japanese people like me and learn to work with us. And what I've been able to do in the last 13 years in particular is help these people pick projects that they think are impossible, work on them for six months to realize, wow, they're only difficult and then 10 years later, see half of those projects come to fruition, seeing that impossible just means I don't know how to do it yet. And eventually it's inevitable. It's so exciting to me to see that process. Oh, that's so cool. And I love when you use the word impossible, because I remember being taught as a kid, it just means I'm possible. Ooh, I love that. Right. And so just this idea of like who we get to become and what we get to do and change in the world is just such a powerful place to be. Actually, you know, and I ask people, what percent of everything in the entire universe do you personally know? Usually people say, you know, 0.1% or less than 1%. So I'm like, if you think it's impossible, it just means that something in the 99.9% .9 that you don't know could make it possible, even easy. <laughs> okay, mind blown. That's beautiful. I love that. Talk about the ultimate half glass full, <laughs> glass half full. <laughs> Or 99.9% full. That's amazing. I love that. So what piece of advice then would you give to other leaders about implementing change? Well, partly I carry this chicken around for that reason. I, I do this little <laughs> exercise and I ask people, what made this chicken fall? And they usually say, yeah, it's gravity. I'm like, really? Gravity, seriously? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, or maybe I released it. And so oh. I have to confront them with their contributions to the things they wanna change. Rather than being helpless victims, they need to realize they are contributing to keeping things the way they are. And then the realization hits them, that means they have the power to make things different. And then they have to have the persistence to keep going, keep going, even when they feel like giving up, doing what's required, whether they feel like it or not. Eh, that's not the easy part. And it just requires discipline the first five years are the hardest in any change project. <laughs> oh, 
I love confronting them with their contribution. I mean, that's just such a great phrase and a visual and being kind of, you know, as you think about putting that sticky note on your computer, uh, you know, confronting yourself every day with what's my contribution here? Well, uh, they don't want to hear that. You wouldn't yeah. believe how many executives I have said, oh, by the way, you want your people to change. I get that. I can help you with that. And here's a few things that you're doing that's actually making it more difficult. And then the first question they ask me, who said that? I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> they should be asking Tommy more. They want to understand more how they're contributing to the challenges their people are facing. That there's a huge lack of curiosity. Shocking to me, actually. <laughs> so it's interesting. I'll often hear from other leaders that leading people in this remote time period has been really challenging. They don't have the benefit of the walk-by leadership or the overhearing people on the phone or at the water cooler. I'm curious, have you been experiencing some of that? And how have you been coaching your clients through that? I've had big, strong men and women at the VP level, even presidents of division telling me, oh, Kimberly, I feel like it's helpless and hopeless and it's even useless to turn on my computer. I can't walk around and see my people anymore. And I, I'm sorry, but I'm just like, seriously, you schedule a Friday afternoon virtual happy hour. You tell them to go buy the finest beer or wine they can find and put it on their expense report and you hang out with them. And you schedule every lunch a daytime Zoom or WebEx or MS Teams or whatever the heck you use and say, hey, you're going to be having lunch online every day. Join me. There are ways, Stacy, to engage people and connect to purpose virtually. In fact, sometimes it's easier and more effective than in person. You just have to want to find the answer and want to find the way. Oh, yes. And of course, it's uncomfortable. We'd like to do it the old way. Well, human beings don't like change. Guess what? Liking it is optional. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I feel like that goes along with, you know, suffering is optional, right? <laughs> That's true. Right. Suffering is optional. I love it. I'll have to remember that one. <laughs> So what daily practice has been most important to you as a leader? What's that thing you got to make sure you do every day? Oh, find my center. I am very intense. Some people say, Kimberly, you're hyperactive. And I always say, oh, thank you for noticing. I do bring a lot of passion to my work. In fact, it was you who inspired it in me. But I need to find my center so I can be a nice, solid foundation for people. And so I go in the hot tub every morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I actually have the hot tub repairman here today because we love to do the same sort of exercise. <laughs> it is saving me a fortune in alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Magic question number six for you. Right. What other successful business leaders like yourself, Kimberly, should be on the show? In other words, who else should we be paying attention to? Where do you get your insights from? I have a wonderful community of people that are called Silicon Valley Alliances. I've been working with them over 10 years all over the world and they inspire the heck out of me. When I couldn't figure out how to virtualize some of the things I was doing, they said, hey, I have ideas. And we brainstormed and co-conspired over the last year to figure out how to engage and connect to people meaningfully virtually. So Silicon Valley Alliance's people, there's about a dozen of us who've worked closely together over the past year, including Yumi Wakayama. She's in Tokyo. She's like my Japanese sister. And we get together, not just for work, but for laughs and fun and to keep each other sane. Another good colleague from this group is called Annie Sheehan. She's in Australia. And that woman will get up anytime, day or night, to be on with us and supporting what we're doing. 
and she is strong and powerful and go for a walk with me virtually anytime I need it. <laughs> Things like that. So this is what I call my possibilities people. If you want to explore what's possible, you reach out to people like this. When you feel like giving up, they'll say, oh, come on, Kimberly, you can keep going. <laughs> I love that. You got to have your powerhouse in your back pocket, right? Because we all need it every now and again. That's right. I just talked this morning with a very powerful, like six foot tall, 200 pound German woman who's been the CEO of several organizations. And she calls me and says, I can't take it anymore. I'm about to give up. And I'm like, oh, no, you're not. Don't you dare give up. You go on for at least three days longer than you think possible and you'll get your spirit back. So she has to tell me that next week, right? <laughs> I know we have to give to each other. I think that way that reciprocity is so important. Well, my goodness, Kimberly, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. And, and it's just a delight to have you here. I'm curious if somebody wanted to reach out and introduce themselves, how might they find you? I usually say, just call the police. They'll know where I am. <laughs> Uh, Kimberly Weefling, uh, author of Scrappy Project Management, reach out via email, firstnameatlastname.com. Oh, this is in Japanese. I can't read it. Uh, I have a website. All my information is out there publicly. Feel free to text me, email me. Uh, if you're in the Redwood City area, San Francisco Bay Area, otherwise known as Silicon Valley, please drop in for a dinner at a distance on my back patio. That's incredible. My audience knows I'll have the links there to, for them to find you. Um, and I do hope that uh, you come join us again on the show someday. We always do, uh, you know, a new six question. So will you come back and play? <laughs> Thank you. Expand the possibilities and keep it fun, people. <laughs> Thank you. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much. And this is Stacey McKibben with the Master Communicator Podcast. For more ideas and insights, please do go check us out at www.conciliateam.com. And we look forward to seeing you again next time. Take care. <laughs>